0: I work hard every motherfucking day
1: Welcome back to the No BS DFS podcast. I'm your host, Joe, with my co-host, Nick, once again, back at it this week, uh, which we are at Pebble Beach Pro-Am. But before we get into it, let's recap last week. So, uh, Nick, I'll let you go first. You know, tell the tell listeners, uh, you know, what picks you, what uh, good golfers, that you know, good picks that you made and the ones, you know, that didn't work out for you and your results and stuff like that. So I'll let you go first.
0: Yeah. So definitely wasn't a good week for me. Um, I got a new strategy in place for the upcoming season, but I was right on uh web Simpson. I definitely had a little exposure to Webb, and, you know, he was luckily able to pull it through being down. Uh, what was it? Two strokes with two holes to play and forced the playoff and end up beating Tony. So I was wrong about Tony though. I, I, told the listeners to fade in, but as the week went on, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, and I found out his ownership was going to be so low, I, I actually did play him on about 20% of my team, so... Um, but I, I didn't say that on the air, so I can't take credit for it. Um, then I, I really liked John Rahm, and I thought his form was going to be super good, and I just thought he was going to take the tournament by you know three or four shots easy, and whoop everybody's ass, but he really didn't, and I mean, he still had a solid finish. I think he had like a T9, but I mean, you know, in DraftKings, if you're paying that much and they don't get a top three, he wasn't worth the pick. And um, as as for the mid-priced guys, I definitely was wrong about Jordan. I thought the course would set up for him better because of the lack of the rough, but, man, I mean, just when a year goes by and – you don't see the course for the whole year it's like I just I forgot there's so many of those little cactuses in the in the native areas with all the sand and you know if you drove it in there you likely had to punch out unless you had a lucky angle and you know that was probably a killer to Jordan and his putting just I guess it wasn't there so I was wrong about him and I was wrong also about Bubba I, I didn't buy the hype on Bubba but he came out with a third place finish and you know, Bubba's in good form and I didn't give him the respect he deserved, so all
1: right. Um yeah, I I was uh I was on Bubba as well as Webb, which actually after round two I placed a little bet on Webb to win and he ended up coming through. Tony choked, so won some money there and then on DraftKings basically broke even so All in all, a profitable leak for me. Um, You know, the big one for me that led me to have success on DraftKings uh, was Nate Lashley. really liked him, and he ended up having a great finish. I believe a top-ten finish, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Close to it. Um, And then other than that, I was on Bubba, and he obviously T3. So, yeah, I'm buying the hype on him. Continue to want to play him, maybe as long as the course sets up well for him. Uh, Another guy that was cheap that made the cut for me, I took a chance on and I had exposure to was John Huh. He worked out. I'm T40 something. So, you know, he was under 7,000. So that worked out. And I had a lot of Adam Hadwin. You know, he was kind of popular, but he worked out for me. And Hadley as well made the cut. And Xander. But other than that, my lineups are filled with a lot of those guys. Um, The ones I was wrong, also Jordan, you know, he just continues not to play very well. And definitely, uh, you know, and then I had some exposure to Cameron Smith, which he played awful. So that, that took, you know, took some of my lineups out of it. And then Hovland and Putnam, I had exposure to them. And, my, you know, I would have won a lot more money, but I only had five out of six make the cut on a lot of teams because those guys missed the cut by one or one stroke. So that was unfortunate, but all in all, a good week. So we'll get into this week's, which the field is a lot weaker, but, you know, it's still golf. And so, you know, it's gonna. I'm still looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, so. Um, Sorry, right, this week we are at pebble beach pro-am tournament 54 hole cut event with a lot of amateurs obviously uh participating this week um which includes a lot of celebrities actually um so that's interesting but uh like every year um as far as the weather we're looking at looks like it's going to be around 53 degrees every day sunny very little chance of rain uh, as far as the winds, it is going to be a little more gusty, which since they're right on the ocean, you know, these, the weather forecast could change and it could get worse, but right now it doesn't look too bad, but as the week goes on, the, gu- the, uh, winds are supposed to get up to around 15, 16 miles per hour. So, you know, if you make the weekend, that's when it might get a lot tougher, especially when after that, all your, or, uh, I mean, well, I guess the last round you playing at Pebble, so it could be really tough on Sunday, but. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, pretty solid weather. We got, uh, uh, these courses though, I got to say, you know, compared to the last few weeks, uh, they're a lot shorter, uh, Spyglass Hill and Monetary Peninsula are both under 7,000 yards and Pebble Beach is just over 7,000. So, you know, definitely, uh, so we'll get right into, uh, in that case, um, you know, our key stats that we like. So I'll let you go first and so go ahead and uh what's key stats are you liking this week for this tournament?
0: Yes. So basically I found that all these courses they're ranked in the top half and as as for difficulty. Pebbles ranked number twelve. Spyglass is ranked number 20, and Monterey is ranked number 22, and that's out of 50. And then they're all par 72, 6,800 to 7,000 yards, like you said. So definitely pretty short, of course. Par fives are all gettable, 502 to 573, and that's on pebble only, but they're going to play that twice, assuming they make the cut. Um. There's a good mix of par threes on Pebble. There's 106, 178, 188, and 202. And then the par fours are pretty short, so they're mostly like 380s, 390s. So most guys, if they hit a driver, they're just going to have a little sandwich. Um, This is something that pops up every year, and I know it did last year at the U S open Pebbles got the smallest greens on tour. So you gotta be a ball striker. You gotta be super accurate. Otherwise it's going to be a scrambling contest for you. And so I'm really going to be looking at greens in regulation. You know, you don't necessarily have to be a pin pin seeker here because um, the greens, they, they aren't that big. So if you're on it, it's not going to be a super far putt. So yeah, definitely going to be looking at greens and regulation from the given yardages. So like 400 to 425, if they have that. Um, another key stat is just something that I like to call the eye to the eye test. Um, it's pro-am, so patience uh, is a virtue. Uh, these, these guys, it's going to take them six hours to play. And, you know, they're playing with guys that are 90 shooters, you know, so just like me and you do. Uh, so it's, yeah. I, I can only imagine what a pro has to deal with playing with, with a, such a hack. So yeah. I definitely want a guy who's calm. Um. Yeah, like you said, it uh, gets windier as the week goes on. So something that I'm thinking is maybe favor guys that are playing Monterey on Thursday or Friday, because that's the easiest course. And historically, yep. like, you know, if you're going to make the cut, you got to go low at Monterey. So I want to play Monterey when the winds aren't. 15 or 10, 12 miles per hour. I'd rather play
1: it when it's 7 or 8. And, uh, yeah, that's what I got. How about you? All right. So, yeah, I'm total agreement on you as far as, you know, ball striking and who can get hot with their irons because these greens are very small compared to most, uh, tournaments. Um, so, and that, that being said, like you mentioned as well, you know, you're not hitting these greens you're going to have to have really good scrambling to keep up with the scoring especially the first few days because it's likely that well first off I also noticed the last few winners uh, um, were minus 19 uh, the last two years the winner and then minus 17 after four rounds so you know decent scoring for sure Um, that being said we got, well, uh, um, obviously ball striking is a big key thing this week. Um, you know, like I mentioned, greens and regulation. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you got to be able to scramble if you can't hit the greens. So, and then honestly, you know, just, you know, uh, like you mentioned as well, you got to have patience with these uh, amateur golfers. Uh, if not, you know. You're just not likely not going to be able to play well. Um, So other than that, um, yeah, that's really about it. Other than just I'm really weighing heavy uh, form this week. Because honestly, this week I'm not looking at stats as much. So, you know, um, it's definitely more course history. And then obviously the main thing is like strokes gain approach and greens uh, regulation. Um, so yeah, other than that, let's move on to, uh, to our stats. So we'll move on to the DraftKings breakdown. So Nick, why don't you go ahead and, uh, start out with the 10k and above range. Who are you liking the best on this range this week? Welcome back to the No BS DFS podcast. So we'll get right into it, Nick. Uh who you're liking in the 10k and above range for DraftKings this week?
0: Yeah, so I'm really liking uh Dustin Johnson, you know, cream of the crop in the field, 11,600. You know, you're going to pay up for him, but I think he's well worth it. He's 6 to 1 according to Vegas. And his course history is just – I mean, it is just insane around here. He got 45th last year, so not his best effort. But in 2018 and 2017, he got second and third. And, you know, he's never really missed the cut here, I don't think. And then I know back like 10 years ago or so, in 2009 and 2010 or something like that, he won it back-to-back. And, uh, yeah, Dustin – he did okay at the U.S. Open when it was played here, thirty-fifth place. But yeah, I just i i can't find a reason to fade Dustin. He's coming off a second-place finish at the Euro Tour, and uh, I mean, I guess really the only thing that maybe you could put against him is like jet lag and coming overseas. But I mean, he's done it in enough times where where he'll be fine. So definitely play Dustin, and then. Oh geez, I can't. I can't get my mind around it to play Jason Day. I mean, I'm just scared he's gonna withdraw. It's cold weather. You know how his back and his uh other stuff acts up, and you know this is kind of a a, a low pressure event since it's just for fun with amateurs. And I feel like it just. I'm not saying he's gonna withdraw, but if he is gonna withdraw, this would be the week that he would do it. So. I'm going to fade Jason day. And then another guy that I really like is Brant Snedeker. He's, he's, you know, kind of a California kid and he always plays well in Cali and um, his course history here. Hasn't actually been super good. I know he's won here before, maybe like five years ago or 2014, 2013, maybe 2015, somewhere around there, but he did get a fourth place finish back in 2017 so, yeah, I like Snads at 10-1. And then, you know, Paul Casey, Patrick Cantley, they're okay. I'm definitely going to have some exposure. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. Just kind of mix and match in this range this week because they're so much better than the rest of the field.
1: But how about you, Joe?
0: Who are you liking?
1: All right, yeah, so I totally agree with you on Dustin. Uh, you know, completely pops, obviously, just a world-class golfer. Great history around here, like you mentioned, so he'll all be having quite a bit exposure to him um but I'll just quickly get right to the chase here in this range. I'm fading Schnedeker and I'm fading Cantley now, the reason why I'm fading can'tley is because everyone just always loves to play him. He's coming from the overseas, and you know I know this field's weak, so that's why he's the second highest. Price guy um and obviously like I don't mind him it's just if I have to fade a guy it's gonna be him and Schned uh Schnedeker this week um because Cantlay's actually history the last few years at this tournament for for his level of you know a player and his price at 10 as it is you know um not great I mean like T35 like T40 something I mean just not, you know, he hasn't even cracked the top 10, I don't think, in the last few years that he's played in this tournament. So, you know, this just isn't the week for me to, because I'd just rather pay up for Dustin at 11-6. And then I like Paul Casey and Jason Day. I'll have an exposure to both of them because Jason Day completely pops. I understand your points, you know, and you know, it might bite me, but I mean, the guy has won this tournament before believe a few years ago and he also, just three years in a row, pretty sure he's cracked top ten. Yeah, um, you know, the last three years, um, around here, he's had to, uh top ten or better. So, you know, and Paul Casey, too, I mean, you know, he just continues to, um, you know, have a high finish here and checks all the boxes I'm looking at as far as stats and just great history from these guys and they're just great golfers so you know I'll be having exposure to them too in some lineups and some of my lineups will just have one of these top guys and others will have two out of three so you know so anyway that's all I got for the top range but yeah I'm playing those three guys um I'll have exposure to them but I'm fading Snedeker and I'm fading Cantley. and I guess why I'm fading Snedeker it's just because his history here isn't great and you know, he just missed the cut at man at Phoenix. I know before that he did really well at the Farmers. I mean, he definitely, you know, not picking him could bite me as well. But I just – I don't know. I just don't – I don't have great reasons why I'm fading him. But, you know, just compared to these other guys, the other three I like, I'd just rather play them easily. So, um, yeah, that's all I got for the 10K and above. So, moving on to the 9K range. uh Who's your favorite plays in this range? And then any fades if you have them.
0: So just to list the 9K range, we got Cooch, Fitzpatrick, Phil, Brandon Grace, G. Mack, Hovlin, and Spieth. So my favorite plays, if I had to pick two of them, um, it's going to be kind of a little controversial against the grain pick, but I'm going to go Phil Mickelson, defending champion. His course history is just insane around here. I mean, three of the last four years, he's gotten first, second, and second. So, Phil, you know, he can't compete at all the courses anymore because of his age being a factor, but this is definitely still a place where he feels like he can uh, have a chance to win. So, Phil at 9,500 is definitely my favorite play. And then my second favorite play – is going to be just a guy who i think is kind of coming in a little bit under the radar but i feel like his talent is just it's really good and he's had a lot of success on the european tour lately and that's uh brandon grace 9300 he has made the cut in the pro-am the last two years and those are the only two years he's played it so That's pretty good. He's gotten 20th and 28th, but he did miss the cut at the U.S. Open here, but that's all four rounds at Pebble, so it's not quite the same thing. And um, I know Brandon Grace, you know, he can throw darts at the pins. He's not the longest hitter out there, so in order for him to stick around on tour, he's got to be just a pristine ball striker, and feel like he's going to have a good week. And then my fades are going to be... I mean, I hate to do it. He's my favorite golfer, but Jordan Spieth at nine thousand. I just, I, I can't play him. He won here back in twenty seventeen, and he's never missed the cut here, at least according to the last four years. He did miss the cut, however, at the U.S. Open. But a thing to mention here that we forgot to in the, in the uh, preview is, uh, it's only top sixty in ties that make the cut instead of sixty five. So it's. A little bit harder to make the cut around here. But it is a three-round cut again, just like the AMX. But Yeah, only top 60 in ties, so it's a little more exclusive. But, yeah, Jordan Spieth, I mean, his game is just its just not there. And you can justify however you want to that he might have a good week, but I'm not going to go along with it. So I'm fading Jordan Spieth at 9K. So, Joe, let's hear your picks.
1: All right, so – yeah, um some agreement, some disagreement, but uh as far as my guys I like, um I, my favorite play is Brandon Grace, uh pretty easily in my at ninety three hundred. Obviously solid form, you know, finished ninth last week in the uh waste management Phoenix Open, and then before that, seventeenth in Dubai in a European Tour. And then before that he won in the European Tour. So and then also, like you mentioned, you know, the last two years he's played here, T28, T20, you know, his ball striking can be red hot at times. You know, not the longest hitter, but you don't need to be for this tournament by any means. So, and, you know, and he checks other boxes. I'm again. Like, hey, his ball striking, obviously, you, know, you know, been really good lately. So uh, I like Brandon Grace a lot. I'll definitely be having quite a bit of exposure to him, pairing him up with one of the studs up there, uh, you know, at the top uh that i liked, um and then besides that you didn't mention him at all but you know he he burned me last week but victor hovland i'm gonna go back to him once again he hasn't actually even played here before i don't think at least as far as this tournament's concerned um he's at 9100 uh you know it's just because since he burned a lot of people last week i think he's gonna just be really low owned and he's got the talent and you know, a lot of these young guns come out of nowhere, and this is the type of tournament he could really, you know, have a great, uh, you know, put a stamp and have a, you know, easily have a great finish, so I like Hovland. Um, yeah, it's really, I mean, I'll get, uh, as far as this range, Graham McDowell, he just won last week on the European Tour, but I'm not chasing that, he has decent history here, but that's an easy fade for me at 9,200, just way too expensive and, you know, traveling overseas to come play here. And yeah, he's got the momentum, but he's probably not, you know, this tournament, he's (laughs) actually, I'll tell you what, I think he misses the cut because, you know, he's not going to have the patience. He's coming overseas. He just got to win. He's not going to care. You know, he ain't going to give a shit. So he'll probably, I won't be surprised at all if he just, you know, misses the cut by a stroke or two, just maybe even purposely, who knows, but I guess probably not. But uh, as far as Phil, you mentioned him, you know, obviously great history here. Uh, You know, I don't mind him, but I'm fading him in my lineups just because his form lately has not been there. I mean, I know last week he finished third in the European Tour, so he's trending in the right direction with that. You know, he definitely, I, I mean, I think he'll make the cut. It's just you know, I just like Brandon Gray so much more and Holland, you know, I'd rather because people are going to play Phil because, you know, this is one of his, you know, favorite courses or whatever. So, um, you know, I just think his ownership will be too high for how well he's playing. And I don't know. I just, I'm just not, I don't think it's worth to me. I just don't think he's going to be in the winning lineup. So I'd rather have the upside of Hovland being way lower on and, uh, you know, Brandon Grace will probably be decently popular, but he's just too much of a great play to me this week. I'll definitely be playing him in most of my lineups probably. Um, you know, other than that, you didn't mention, I don't think Kucher or Fitzpatrick, they're both fades to me. I don't mind Kucher. Fitzpatrick has bet. you know, he doesn't have a good history here at all. I don't think a few missed cuts in a row, I believe, or maybe made the cut once in the last three years, but it wasn't a great finish. I don't think so. You know, I'm fading him easily. Um, you know, this will be his first tournament this year playing in the U.S., so, you know, I just I can't trust that, 9,700. Um, as far as Kucher, I don't mind him, but he probably won't make any of my teams. And then other than that, I guess at the very bottom, I'll just go ahead and give my opinion on him, is Jordan this week. He might make a few teams of mine, you know, just because his his, you know, his history's decent here. And if he can just, I don't know. I mean, I definitely don't blame him for fading him. But again, you know, I gotta have a little exposure because he just has the upside. So I, you know, and I feel like he's gonna get on track sooner rather than later. And he definitely has the upside to win. I mean, um, but he won here a few years ago, so. 2017 but you know how he might make a few of my teams but yeah I don't I guess I don't recommend them to listeners but I'll just be honest with you I'll probably he'll be on a few of my teams so other than that we'll move on so Nick uh who's your favorite plays in the 8k range and then mention any fades you got in this range
0: okay so in the 8k range my favorite play Hands down is someone at near the bottom of the range. That's the guy who's uh, coming off the baby swag, Adam Hadwin. Um, I was a little bit skeptical to play him last week just because he hadn't played in so long, but he showed no signs of rust, and he got a 40th place finish, which is pretty solid considering he um, hasn't played at least in competition since like November. So Adam Hadwin, 8,100. I feel like he's just checking all the boxes. He's a great ball striker. Um, he he can drive it. He can put it out there. He's not the biggest guy, but he can definitely put it out there. He's ranking fourth in strokes game, T to green. So he's got the length, and he's ranked 10th in total driving. So Adam Hammond, I definitely think he's due for, like, a top 10. I mean, he'll be able to mop the floor with some of these chumps in this field. And then – Another play that I uh, I like, but I don't know how much exposure I'm going to have to him because he's quite volatile, and that's Cameron Champ at 8,800. Obviously, we all know he's the longest hitter in the game, driving this, driving that. It doesn't matter what driving stat you look at. He's going to be near the top. So Cameron Champ, he's going to have no problems um, reaching the greens or anything. He's going to have wedges all week long. And he did okay here. He got 28th place here uh, last year, which was the only time he played it. So, I mean, I guess for such a small sample size of data, it's it's okay. So, I'm definitely going to be playing some champ. And then another play that I uh, that I really like, and it's kind of a story play because this week, you know, you kind of got to throw a lot of the stats out the window just because – two of these three courses, they only play them one round a year. And so I'm just kind of going with by the eye test, like I said earlier, and that's uh, Kevin Kisner, 8,500. Now, most people think of Kiz as kind of, you know, a guy who keeps to himself, a little bit grumpy maybe. But, I mean, I, I've seen Kiz on YouTube videos interacting with these, these golfers that make videos for a community and, you know, how to improve your short game and stuff. And he seems like actually a pretty friendly guy and um his course history here he got 10th back in 2017 and then he missed the cut in 2018 and then followed that up with a bounce back of 28th in 2019 so yeah kevin kisner you know i just feel like he's gonna be easy going this week playing with the celeb and i feel like he gets the job done and pays pays value and then one more guy i forgot to mention is uh eighty three hundred max homa. This guy's in really good form, guys. Don't sleep on him because his last three tournaments, he's made the cut every time. And in his last two at the farmers and the waste management, which are no no uh chump of a fields, you know, it's got some quality golfers in there. He's gotten in the top ten at ninth place at the farmers and six at the Phoenix. So uh, Max Homas in really good form, probably playing the best golf of his life right now. And he's he's a long ball hitter. And, uh, yeah, I just I think he has a really good week. And then the guys that I'm fading is going to be, I mean, I might sound uneducated saying this, but I don't even know who Kurt Kitayama is. I've never heard of him at 8,000. If they showed him on TV, I would have no idea who he is. I don't know if he's from the Asian tour or the European tour or whatever tour you want to call it, but I'm just going to fade him cause I don't know who he is. And if I don't know who he is and he's not in the six K range, then it's an easy fade for me. And then another guy that I'm fading is going to be, uh, probably going to be Rafa. He's just, he's kind of a volatile player and he seems kind of like a hothead to me. So I just feel like he doesn't have the patience this week. And, you know, if it if it costs you two or three strokes, that could mean the difference between making the cut or not. And I feel like it gives him the wrong end of the stick on that. So, yeah, those are my plays in the 8K range.
1: All right, so I'll get right right to it here. Max Homa, 8,300, my, probably my favorite play in this range. One of my favorite outright plays this week. Um, I'll definitely be betting on him because his form is just – absolutely amazing lately you know you can't ignore it he's 50 to 1 right now which with this shitty field and how great he's playing you know i think it's a little bit of a value even so he's won on he won last year on uh on the pga tour so i i think he can with how well he's playing i think he's bound to maybe win here this is the tournament definitely that he could win as you know as weak as his uh field is And, you know, like you mentioned, you know, you got to throw kind of most of the stats out this week. That's why form is just really a big thing, I think, for this tournament. And, you know, obviously you want to be hot with your irons, but he is right now. So I like Max Holman at 8300 a lot. He'll be making a lot of my teams. Um, I also really like – I'm in agreement with you – Adam Hadwin. I'm going to – played him last week. He worked out for me, you know, first tournament since the fall, T40 last week, and – you know, that's all I really, you know, want him to do. I mean, so and I think he'll do better this week at 8,100. I like him quite a bit. Um, you know, like you mentioned, having having the baby swag just recently. You know, I had a uh, baby born, so uh, I really like Hadwin. And I'll be playing him on a lot of teams as well. Um, other than that, I mean, I like this range quite a bit. You know, I'm not... It's really early in the week, but, uh, yeah, I'll just get right to some of my fades. Yeah, uh, Kurt Kiyama at 8,000. You know, I don't really know him either. Uh, So, and, you know, maybe he'll put us on notice. If he finishes in, like, the top 10 this week, I'll, you know, I'll have to get to know him for future tournament. But, uh, yeah, I just can't – I can't play him. I mean, you know, I – I actually, I believe I w- when I looked at the uh, history at this course, I think he made a cut or just missed a cut here, I think last year or something. So he's obviously a younger, newer player. Doesn't play a whole lot on the PJ Tour yet, anyway. So, But yeah, I just can't play him um, when I can play headwind or home over him, just barely ahead of him in price. You know, my other fades, Cabrera Bayo, Ches Um, even though, you know, Chez is just an awful form, so that's really why I can't play him. Like you mentioned, Cabrera, though, he's very volatile, so, you know, and also just same thing, really, not in great form, just been only doing the European tour so far and not even doing great over there, so, and his history here isn't great, so, Um, yeah, he's an easy fade. You didn't mention any of these guys, but, you know, you can't ignore how well Daniel Berger is playing, but they've really upped his price this week at 8900 Finished ninth in the waste management last week, but I, I got to tell you guys, I don't mind him. He might make a team or two for sure. Um, you know, he might, honestly, he might be with, like, I might pair him with a Spieth on a team, just being that, you know, like risky, like really trying to be different. And I'm sure a lot of people won't have those two paired up, so. You know, that might be just a GPP team that, I you know, uh, slide those guys in together just, you know, for the heck of it and see what happens because they, you know. So, but you can't ignore his play lately. It's obviously been excellent. Um, You know, I'm definitely going to have exposure to Alex Norin as well. Um, You know, he's in good form. Um, Earlier this year at the Sony, finished t32 and then after that a week later he played in the american express and finished t14 then he took a few weeks off and he's 8700 i'm not sure why he took those weeks off i mean really expected him to play but you know i don't know if he has personal things going ahead going or what but i like him quite a bit for sure um once again so i'll be having some exposure to him other than that i also like kevin kisner at 8500 like you mentioned he hasn't really played in a few weeks and when he did play his last finish was he missed uh yeah, missed the cut at the American Express, played awful. And you know, actually that that is the only thing is but yeah, I still like him because he's probably gonna be super low on, but so he'll probably make a team or two. Um then other than that, last guy I'll mention, uh Russell Knox. You know, you can't ignore his brilliant uh, play, playing the golf of his life kind of lately. You know, he just continues to be really consistent um, and keep making cuts and notching a lot of good finishes. You know, at the Farmers a few weeks ago, T21, then before that, T37, the Express, and then last week, T16. So, you know, and then his history here, T16 and T14, the last two years, so... You know, you're definitely going to maybe make a few of my teams. Uh, you can't ignore him at 8,600 just playing great golf. But, yeah, that's all I got for the 8K range. I guess I mentioned everyone besides Champ. I don't mind Champ, but he probably won't make any of my teams, even though he yeah, had his first appearance here last year. just a decent finish, but I just like some other guys better, so I probably won't be playing them. Other than that, that's all I got. So we'll move on to the 7K range. So who's your favorite plays on DraftKings this week, Nick, in this range? And then your fade. Yeah, I I really
0: like this range this week. It's my favorite range, and it usually is every week. But I feel like I really got an advantage over the field this week, picking. So I really feel like my picks are going to be really good. And uh, with that said, um, there's a lot of guys that I like the best ones is going to be two older guys two older guys 7800 7700 Jim Furyk and Vaughn Taylor now Vaughn Taylor actually won this thing in 2016 but he's missed the cut two out of the last three years since but I just feel like Vaughn he's just uh I feel like he's due to do really good again and he's actually in pretty good form I know he missed the cut last week but he made the cut at Sony and AMX, so he clearly uh, didn't mind playing with an amateur, and he's got a pretty uh, cool head on his shoulders, and Jim ferrick you know, Jim just loved being in the spotlight again. He had the best season he's had in years last year, and it all kind of started right here. You know, he uh, got 14th place here, and that kind of propelled him until his kind of, climax of the season which was at the players where he just finished shy of McElroy. but yeah Jim Feerick I just feel like he's he plays his own game he doesn't care what anybody else does and he's gonna hit the shots you know he he uh he's a great wedge player he's a great iron player and obviously one of the shortest hitters on tour but always one of the most accurate and you can never uh you can never downplay the significance of accuracy So, Jim Furyk, Vaughn Taylor, and then another guy that I really like is uh, Scott Piercy. Hell of a week last week from Scott, sixth place, and he's uh, made the cut here all the last three years at 55th, 20th, and 10th place, better and better every year from Piercy at 7,800. And uh, another guy you just can't ignore is Scott Stallings. I mean, his last three years, 14th seventh and third that is just insane coming from scott stallings at 7600 um his his farm's good too he's made the only two tournaments he's played this year he's made the cut both times and i mean if you're not playing scott stallings on at least a few of your teams then well i hope it works out for you but i don't think it will and then another guy that i really like at 7500 is pat perez i just feel like pat's super cool guy um he's probably gonna be chit-chatting with the the celebrities and sure he'll belly up to the bar afterwards and just gonna be a fun week for pat and you know he doesn't really feel the pressure here too often and he's just a cool cat and just feel like he's gonna have a great week then going a little bit cheaper is i know i i kind of dissed him last week and it might come to bite me in the ass this week, but I'm gonna be playing some some Harry Higgs, seventy two hundred. I mean, uh, he's just playing such good golf. He's gotten the uh, ninth place and twenty fifth place the last two weeks, and he's never played here before. But hey, I'll I'll throw him in a few lineups, and then going down even cheaper to uh, seven thousand is. One of my favorite plays in this range is Keith Mitchell. Uh, Keith, he got a missed cut here last year, and he missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but his recent form says it all for me. And I know he's coming off missed cuts, but he got 16th place last week, and I just feel like he played really solid. I I watched him a lot on the shot tracker, and he just kept hitting the fairways and the greens. And Hey, what more can you ask for? So yeah, Keith Mitchell, and then my fades. Starting off with an easy one, guy who effed me over a couple weeks ago is a seventy-two hundred Lonto Griffin. I don't want to touch him with a ten-foot pole. Um, what what do I have to say? Is uh, he's just done horrible the last two weeks. Sure. If you want to, if you want an ownership play, play him. He's going to be like 2% owned, but I just feel like you're throwing your money down the drain. And then another uh, play that I'm fading is uh, J.B. Holmes. I'm not buying the hype with J.B. I know he's gotten 16th place the last two weeks in a row, but, yeah, I just I don't like him. He's just not one of my guys. You know, we all have our guys like that. And then one more fade is going to be uh, – going to be a guy who is is calm cool collected but I guess I just don't like him because I feel like he's going to be high owned and I just I can't really see him getting in the top 30 and that's Charlie Hoffman 7200 so yeah I don't really have that good of a reason except for ownership leverage and I don't I don't want to be a part of it I bet you he's like 6 to
1: 10 percent owned but
0: yeah, that wraps it up for me for the 7Ks. How about
1: you, Joe? All right, so, yeah, I'm i going to agree with you. I like this range a lot. It's probably my favorite range as well. I got a bunch of guys written down here that I'm considering playing, but as early as the week is, you know, I'll give you try to give you my favorites, but, uh, you know, I'm not fully sure on which ones I'm going to be playing exactly or not yet. But uh, anyway, so getting into it, though. We'll start, I'll just start at the top. You know, I like Scott Piercy at 7,800. Like you mentioned, T6 last week. And he's in good form. So, you know, and he can get hot with his irons and his putter even. So, I definitely don't mind Scott. I'm going to be playing him. um, You know, and then other than that, moving a little bit down. uh, Yeah, you can't ignore uh got stalling here just like you mentioned just three years in a row you know notch in top 30s or whatever and the last uh few tournaments he's played this year made the cut in both you know nothing he, like great finish but solid finishes so yeah you can't ignore him at 7600 probably have if you don't have it like you mentioned you don't have exposure to him i don't know what you're thinking this week because you know, he has the best history out of anyone down here. Um, other than that, you know, I like Pat Perez at 7,500 as well. Um, you know, he has decent history here. You know, he's a cup maker. Um, like you mentioned, yeah, he gives the vibe of being really calm and cool. So, you know, I think he does well this week. Um. Yeah, I mean he could easily finish in the top 10 even. He has upside for that. Um, another guy you just can't ignore his form, Patrick Rogers. T16 last week and T9 the week before that and then a few weeks before that he was making cuts still. So at 7400, you know his history here is not great. Few made cuts, few missed cuts, no huge finishes, but you got to like Patrick Rogers at 7400. So I'll probably have some exposure to him. Um You know, this, he really, and then I guess I'll mention him, Nate Lashley, 7,500. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to play him in a lot of teams again or not. He obviously really came through for me last week, finishing third. But, uh, yeah, he can definitely get high with his irons, and he really checks the box for strokes, gain, approach and stuff. So, you know, if he can sink the putts, he could do well again. Um, He's in great form, obviously. Other than that you can't another guy might take a shot on is Maverick McNeely at 7,300 he's just in really good form it's really all I can say you know and he could I you know he'll probably make the cut so I just like him um Zin Chun Zhang at 7,200 I like him quite a bit as well potentially Um you know, T25 last week and T55 week before that. So, same thing. If you want a guy that's probably going to make the cut here, you know, and decent finish, go with him. Um, and then I, the one thing I disagree with you is I do like Charlie Hoffman quite a bit. It might burn me, but he's probably going to make some of my teams because, yeah, he seems like a really calm, cool guy. I'm sure he has the patience, and I think he'll have – you know, I just think he's going to have a great week, and he has decent history here. So, I like Hoffman a little bit. Um, other than that, you know, um, you know, I like, I'll mention a few others, I guess. I don't mind Vaughn Taylor or Kevin Na, if you want to take a shot on him or even like Sung King, but you know, they're probably not going to make my teams, but they're all right plays to me. You know, I don't mind them. Other than that, it's really about it for this range, you know um as far as fades i'm not buying the hype and tom hoagie still at 7900 even though he's playing great right I, I mean and then same with jb holmes i'm just they're just fades to me i think they're just going to be really chalky for this range and you know they could easily just miss the cut so they're kind of my fades. and then anyone else i didn't mention they're all basically my fades as well so Other than that, we'll move on. Um, So, Nick, who are you liking in the 6K range to close things out? All right, welcome back to the No BS DFS podcast. So now, just getting right into it here, 6K range. Nick, uh, who's your favorite plays in this range or the dart throws you'll be doing? And then, obviously, I guess your fades will probably be anyone you don't mention. So I'll let you go ahead first.
2: Yeah, so I feel like this range really sucks. Um, Normally, you can find a couple guys that are just underpriced, like last week. And at the Farmers, you had some... uh, hidden gems, but this week I don't feel like that's the case, so I'm going to try to avoid it at all costs. But with that said, I kind of like uh, Ted Potter, 6,900. Simple reason is uh, he won here two years ago. I remember it pretty well. Um, he beat out Dustin in a playoff. Nobody saw that one coming, and if you had Dustin, you were very, very upset, and you probably threw your club. But, yeah, Ted Potter, I'll give him a chance just because he's a former winner. Uh, Aaron Badley, he's uh, made his last two cuts, so that's enough for me to play him on a team. Then you got... It's tough, but I think I'm going to give Billy Haas a chance. Bill's an easygoing guy. Um, Nothing phases him, and he hasn't played here in a while, but his last appearance here in 2016, he got eighth place. But I know his game has really uh, regressed since then. So, you know, he probably doesn't make the cut. But for one team, I'll give him a chance. And then a guy that I always kind of like. Actually, two guys right next to each other at 66 and 6,500 is Steve Stricker and Stuart Sink. Two old farts of the range. I'm really liking the old farts this week, including like Jim Fierick and and the others. But Strick has uh, hes made the cut here two of the last three years i think and he did actually pretty good he got 23rd and twenty sixth place. i mean shit for a guy who's so cheap that's definitely a big value play and then stewart sink he's made it two of the last four years he made it in 2016 and 2017 and uh yeah so you know those guys they don't make it every year but you got about a maybe 40% chance or 33% chance of them squeaking in, which is probably a lot higher than a lot of these other guys. And then, you know, I don't blame you for picking this guy, 6,400, Siwoo Kim. He's just, he's so volatile, and he could he could pay off, but I definitely wouldn't pick him on more than one team if you're playing, like, 20-plus but yeah, he's just he has upside that a lot of these guys don't. So that's the only case for Siwu. And then going down to a really cheap play, and this is a guy who has uh, made the cut here two of the last four years, and then he didn't play it in 2017. But last year he got 22nd place, and he's a uh, six thousand jonathan bird i don't really know who that is but i mean i guess i'll play him because he made the cut here last year and he's just a minimum price and you know if you want two studs at the top you're gonna have to pick somebody oh yeah and i forgot to mention uh 6200 sam saunders sam's a really cool guy he's super easy going and he's made the cut here the last two years in a row at 26th and 38th place so uh yeah don't be surprised if sam has has himself a week and gets a paycheck on the weekend. But, yeah, how about you, Joe? Who are your dart throws?
1: All right. So, yeah, I have quite a bit of guys written down that I'll be considering when it comes to making my teams. Um, You know, actually, out of all the ones you said, we have none in common. So that's interesting. Um, But I know there's quite a bit of them. Uh, But, yeah, the guys I'm looking at, you know, at this moment uh, that I like, uh, you know, I like Doc Redman. I'll start out with him at 6,700 honestly when it comes down to this range you know obviously you were mentioning a lot of things about his history but uh which yeah that's definitely a key thing for sure throw the dart throws because they've had success here in the past um you know but uh other than that I just it's really for me it's just form really and then you know that I'm really looking at with these guys and just the potential knowing that maybe you can you know, get, basically all you want them to do is make the cut. Like you mentioned, only T60 in ties this week, so even tougher. Obviously, it's a 54-hole cut, though, so making the cut won't be as big of a thing. It's really going to come down to more, you know, the guys that are making a lot of birdies, even if they're making some bogeys. That's going to really be for DraftKings what you want. So, uh, but anyway, moving on to the other guys I like. I like Tyler Duncan. I'll throw some darts on him at 6,500 you know solid form uh lately or i mean at least compared to all these other guys because honestly all these guys in this range they're either first time playing here or they've missed the cut you know at least half the time um or just uh you know um yeah just basically and he you know I like Tyler Duncan a little bit at 6,500. Uh, I'll be having a little exposure to him as a dart throw. I also don't mind Bryce Garnett at 6,600. Uh, I made the cut last week at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's just really, like I said, it just really comes down to form. And he's made the cut here before, I believe, uh, I think one of the last two years. Finished like T50 or something. So I like garnett a little bit i also don't mind a dart throw on zach blair finished t21 the last appearance he had in the PGA Tour at the farmer's insurance and then before that made the cut at the american express and the sony uh t55 and t63 so i don't mind him um you know he might have some i'll probably have a little exposure to him uh, another guy scrolling through here adam uh Sineg got 6,700 you know he actually had a I think a t20 uh two years ago so I like him a little bit and then you know he missed the cut last week at the latest management but the last tournament before that he played finished 14th the American Express which is another pro-am event the other one in the, uh you know every year so um yeah I think that being said I just that's Uh, You know, and he checks the boxes for me that I like. You know, he can uh, definitely do well with his irons. And um, so I like him a little bit. I'll take a chance on him. Other than that, a few other guys. Uh, Brian Stewart and DJ Trahan, which Stewart's 6,900. And DJ is uh, 6,800. Actually... I mean, D.J. Trahan, you know, last uh, last term he played, he missed the cut. But before that, in the fall, he had decent form. And, you know, um doesn't hit it very far, I don't believe. But, uh, you know, he can, uh, you know, hit the fairways uh, pretty accurate, which accuracy I think this week is actually more important, you know, than people realize. Because um, you got to give yourself those opportunities to be able to, uh, you know, hit it close and make the putts. So I like Treyhan. I'll take a chance on him. Potentially he's a dart throw here. Like, you know, if I pair Dustin and Jason day together on a team, I'm going to have to pick someone down here. So most likely. So, you know, those are the guys I like. Uh, and then, yeah, um, I guess other than that, that's it. That's really all I was looking at for this range. Everyone else is just fades to me at this point. You know, someone, could Come out of nowhere a few days from now before it ends, and that I want to play, but that's really all I got for you right now. And you know, those are my really the only potential guys I'm considering. So we'll move on before we hit close things out here. I just want to say subscribe, uh, give us five star review, uh, and thanks for continuing to listen to us every week. But uh, last thing here, um, you know, let's get right into it. Uh, Nick, I'll let you go first, real quick. Is there any outright picks you like as far as value or who you just think could contend to win this week? Um, I'm not really sure of the odds quite yet,
2: but I just, I like Dustin. I think he was six to one. And then I like Phil and I really think one of these top studs gets the job done this week. I mean, there's not a whole lot of competition, Um you know, maybe as just a lower range play, you know, maybe you throw five bucks on him is uh, going to be Scott Piercy. You know, I I really think Scott is, he's a proven winner. And I've seen him compete in majors before and he doesn't feel the pressure. So if Scott does happen to have the lead after the third round, I don't feel like he falters back. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably just say Dustin or Phil. I'm, pretty content with having one of those two guys ride my money
0: on
1: all right so as far as me the outright plays i have quite a bit more listed but uh my favorite at the top jason day or paul casey at 20 to 1 you know i might throw some money on them or like you mentioned obviously dustin could definitely easily win here he's the favorite um with the such a weak field as it is as well but you know honestly with this kind of tournament though you know, one of these long, longer shots might end up winning, you know. So I'm going to be betting on some of them, which my favorite ones, I mentioned before Max Homa and, Had, and Adam Hadwin, at both, I saw them at 50 to 1. So that's good value to me. I saw Brandon Grace at 28 to 1. I like that. I like Berger and Alex Noren at 40 to 1. And then, yeah, Pierce, I saw at 66 to 1. I like that. And then um, to close it out here, Scott Stallings and Pat Perez at 80 to 1. So, yeah, those seem like pretty well values uh, to me as well for potential uh, outright uh, to win. So, yeah, other than that, that's all we got for you guys this week. So, let's go make that money. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for the Genesis, which should be a lot better field. So, hope to see uh have you guys tune in again. We appreciate everything and like i mentioned, you know uh give us some good reviews um, you know and subscribe that would really help us out so so uh yeah I appreciate it and uh we'll see you guys next week so on the no b s DFS podcast.